like to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. Crunch, crunch, crunch please. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round. And when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, always look for crunch time plays. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Crunch Time Plays today, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks so much. Hope everybody had a, a Merry Christmas out there. I know Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies certainly had a, a Merry Christmas with the number one recruiting class that they signed in the early signing periods. We're talking about that today with Jenny Streeter, who's currently a student at Texas A&M, and it's going into her final semester, so very excited to, to get her on today. She's done incredible work with the battalion of last semester covering Texas A&M, so very excited to bring her on today and talk about the Texas A&M recruiting class. Jenny, hope you're doing well, and, and thanks so much for taking the time. Oh my God, absolutely. Thank you so much, Bennett, for having me here. You know, your intro is just absolute fire. Like when I was watching that, I was like, there is no way that I am not coming on this show. So thank you so much for having me. And yeah, you know, obviously we got we got a lot to talk about today. I know most of your shows are only 25 to 30 minutes. So I think we have our work cut out for us in regards to like keeping it on that crunch time. <laughs> there's no doubt so we'll we'll try to make the uh we'll try to make the crunch time play today and keep it keep it around 25 or or 30 minutes there's certainly a lot to talk about obviously texas a&m had the the number one uh, recruiting class in the early signing period probably going to end up signing the number one class in february uh, as well as we move uh, into that regular signing period which seems like kind of a late signing period now with the with the early signing period and everybody kind of signing uh in that period but but just looking at it being the number one class, it to me it kind of boils down to a, a combination of things. Really, Texas A&M making the making the push to be in the college football playoff mm-hmm. last year, and then kind of packaging that up with the win over Alabama this year, kind of kind of stem the stem the tide there in terms of mm-hmm. of Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M being able to to sign uh, this this number one class of you know a lot of times we see. Uh, whenever uh, teams make a great run uh, in a previous year, it seems like that next recruiting cycle really reaps the benefits of that. So really that looks like that's what's happening here with, with Jimbo Fisher in this class. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Obviously, Texas A&M most recent recruiting class made history for the Aggies, marking a number one national ranking and number one SEC ranking, including a 0.94 average recruit rating. Um, you know, obviously, recruiting isn't the only thing we have to talk about, with many players opting out of their remaining eligibility for the upcoming NFL draft and one key player even entering the transfer portal. You know, additionally, Coach Fisher is going to have to adjust elsewhere just because his former defensive coordinator Mike Elko um, entered his own transfer portal, if you will, and he is now the head coach at Duke University. So obviously, Coach Fisher is still looking um, for that replacement, but Coach Elko really did do a lot for the Aggies and for Coach Fisher. So I definitely think he will be 
you know, a hard person to replace, but that's the thing with good offensive and defensive coordinators, you know, they want to go on to become that kind of head coach. So, you know, he had time to kind of learn from coach Fisher and learn from his coaching styles and kind of make it his own. So, you know, with all that being said, obviously, you know, you're a recruiting guy. So let's take a deep dive into everything recruiting regarding A&M. But I think we should start, you know, in the quarterback room, just because there's really is, you know, a lot to talk about there. Um, Let's kind of go ahead and get us started with Zach Calzada. So we are starting with the literal elephant on the in the room, play on words, if you will, since he was one of only two A&M quarterbacks in history to have defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide. And that is sophomore quarterback Zach Calzada, who has now entered the transfer portal. Um, you know, many are suspecting he's going to end up in a school outside of the SEC, just because I kind of think he really entered that transfer portal just because with the other quarterbacks A&M added to the roster, it was kind of unlikely he was going to get that starting role. So I think he's probably going to end up in a school um, outside of the SEC since he is looking for that QB1 um, role. His stats in 2021, he had 2,185 passing yards, um, 17 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions, and one rushing touchdown. Um so, yeah, pretty pretty solid stats. Obviously, his most impressive performance was against Alabama, you know, just that history, history-making game. And, I mean, just covering that game in the press box and being in the press conference after that, that was just amazing. Definitely, like, a highlight of my career as um, a young journalist, for sure. Um, so, obviously, A&M went, at, went on to add another two quarterbacks to their roster this year. We had five-star recruit Connor Wingman, and then we had you know, the transfer, um, Max Johnson from LSU, which special shout out to him because my dad graduated from LSU. So when A&M got that recruit, I was kind of like, haha, like suck it dad a little bit. So um, that definitely felt really good for the old SEC family rivalry, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, so A&M went on to add two new quarterbacks to their roster. We had um, the Wingman five-star quarterback recruit who Fisher signed to his already outstanding 2022 class. Wingman finished his high school career with 27 passing touchdowns and was actually the offensive MVP of his district. Interesting for him is he's actually graduating from high school early and will be enrolling in Texas A&M in January. So I think he kind of has the potential to beat out some of the quarterbacks on A&M's roster as a freshman, just because he really is coming in early. He's making it a precedent on him to do that so I think he's really trying to you know one thing about Fisher is he wants a quarterback who knows his offense inside and out and I think Wingman coming in early and rolling early and you know getting the chance to kind of have that extra time to evaluate films and build chemistry with with the players I think that's really kind of shows a lot where he wants to be and how he's kind of going to set himself as a competitor right off the bat um Interestingly enough, Wingman is also a double threat athlete, if you will, and will also play for the A&M baseball team. And then just a quote I have from A&M coach Jimbo Fisher, who said that Wingman was his first um, choice from the get-go. He loves him. He thinks he's really going to be one of the most complete players in the country. So, you know, obviously quarterbacks are under a lot of pressure and it's really important to them to have a coach that is behind him. And Obviously, as we just heard, Coach Fisher is 100% behind him. So um, I don't know about you, Bennett, but for me, like that just really shows a lot. And I think that really shows why A&M is paying 
the money they are for Coach Fisher just because he knows how to build these relationships with these players and he knows how to kind of build them up and get their confidence up. So that's obviously really good. But then aside from winning, you know, he is going to have some competition in transfer LSU quarterback Max Johnson, who is now officially an Aggie. LSU was undergoing serious changes with Coach O being let go and then former Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly taking his place. So, you know, with all that going on, it kind of seems that um, Johnson wanted to find a fresh start and do and what better for team for him to do that with than the maroon and white in the 2021 season with the Tigers. Uh, Johnson logged 2,815 yards, including 27 touchdowns. And he started twice. Um for the Tigers in 2020 and competed in six games where, again, this is 2020. He threw for um, 1,069 yards, eight touchdowns, and one interception. Um, another thing about him is that he seems to be a family man. His little brother, um, Jake Johnson, who is a four-star tight end, um, is also signing with AM. and um, But, again, going back to, like, the quarterback room, how – you know, these two quarterbacks, a wingman and Johnson being added to the roster will play out is certainly of top interest to Aggies everywhere, especially with freshman quarterback Haynes King set to be fully recovered from his tibia and ankle injuries. But one thing is certain, there will definitely be a quarterback battle between King, Johnson and wingman for that coveted QB one position. And, you know, that's something Coach Fisher really prides himself on is he he likes to have three quarterbacks. You know, he thinks that it's a necessity, a necessity but as a college team, you kind of got to have three quarterbacks and have them, you know, be able to be in rotation for everything and stuff. Um, so obviously to move on to other offensive signees, I kind of want to start with Jake Johnson, who is a four-star tight end. And the reason why I want to start with him is because, as I mentioned, he is um, transfer LSU quarterback Max Johnson's little brother. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. You know, A&M really hasn't kind of seen too much of like, players on the team at the same time that are family related you know I think personally that's really cool so uh Jake Johnson again he's a four-star tight end he's he was a longtime LSU commit tight end but when um when you know his brother Johnson um left A&M Jake kind of followed along suit and decommitted um you know today the Aggies signed the four-star out of Georgia. He is the nation's best tight end, and he's one of the three tight ends recruited by a in the 2022 class. And, you know, obviously when it comes to the tight end position, you know, a and is looking um, to kind of move on from that in that they have just lost, um, you know, longtime starting tight end Jalen Weidermeyer to the NFL draft. Um, Weidermeyer is probably going to be one of the first tight ends off the board in the draft. So, um, Definitely think it's good that, um, you know, they signed Jake Johnson. He'll, I think he'll work great alongside, you know, Baylor Cup can kind of learn from that kind of, of a, you know, upperclassman leader. And I think that'll really um, help Johnson out. You know, um, the two other tight ends they signed were Donovan Green and then Theodore Mellon, who are both um, four stars, four star recruits. So, you know, that's really good. Uh, again, you know, just Jimbo absolutely killed it on this class. And I think that really shows with the quality of players um, 
at each position. You know, it kind of didn't really fluctuate. It always stayed within that four-star, five-star range. So again, um, that's just really impressive. Um, you know, if we want to move on to the wide receiver position, we have Evan Stewart, who is a five-star. So the Aggies finished Wednesday, December 15th with the number one recruiting class in the nation without signing Stewart. Stewart was the number six player in the nation. Stewart actually decommitted from Texas in March and then committed to the Aggies in November. The internet famous wideout from Frisco actually signed on Thursday, December 17th. So not that um, long ago. And again, this just really increased AM's team ranking over number two Alabama's um, recruiting class. So really high grab for the Aggies. There was also um, Chris, Mar Chris Marshall, excuse me, four star wide receiver. He's the number seven wide receiver in the nation. You know, he's going to add plenty of talent to the Aggies wideout room. Um, there's Noah Thomas, another four star wide receiver. Um, and then, then, you know, if we kind of, while we're on an offensive side, I want to address the running back room. Now the running back room at AM is going to see huge, huge change in that Isaiah Spiller also declared for the draft. So he, again, opted out of the bowl game, which, of course, as most of your listeners know, you know, the Aggies actually will unfortunately not be playing in that due to um, just COVID concerns within the program and them not having, you know, be quite honest with you, just players to field a, a bowl game. You know, it's just kind of the sad reality in what we're living at today. But, you know, hopefully that can kind of allow A&M to rebuild and kind of get this recruiting class, you know, adjusted and you know become just an absolute force in next season so um the running back room we have them sign Levon Moss and he pulled a really he's a really talented running back out of Louisiana he committed to Alabama in June but then he decommitted from the Crimson Tide once A&M offered and so then he joins um the Maroon and White's class of 2022 in November so kind of good one on Coach Fisher for stealing that player right out from under Saban, you know, um, I kind of feel bad for the whole Saban-Coach Fisher rivalry this year because, you know, Coach Fisher became the first um, former assistant coach of Saban to, to beat him, and now he's kind of taken all these recruits from him and got, you know, A&M, the number one recruiting from the nation. So, so sorry, Coach Saban. I'm like, you're still a legend in the SEC, but I think Coach Fisher had you beat this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's go ahead. And, you know, I think those are really some of the top, um, offensive recruits. So let's go ahead and get into some of the defensive ones. Let me pull them up on my notes here. Um, so to start off, we have Walter Nolan, um, a defensive lineman. He's a five-star out of Powell, Powell, sorry, Tennessee fans. I'm not good with pronunciation, but, you know, he finalized his commitment to the Aggies. He's a state champion, and he was really in between A&M and Tennessee until he visited College Station, and that really convinced him to, you know, come travel out of state and come play in the great state of Texas, if you will. Um, Nolan is A&M's highest recruit ever, topping Miles Garrett, according to 247 Sports. Um, and, you know, he will – Walter Nolan will only improve his talents under the guidance of defensive line coach Terry Price, who is just – an absolute legend, you know, every time I've been in the press 
in a press conference, all of the defensive linemen can't have better things to say about Terry Price. So um, I think any recruit would be absolutely lucky to be under that leadership of Terry Price. Um, Moving on to another five-star defensive lineman, we have Gabriel Dindy. Now, um, I think he was actually the first official signing on um, that early signing day, but I could be wrong. So not 100% sure if I want to be quoted on that. But um, on Monday, December 6th, he flipped his commitment from Oklahoma to A&M. So another flips commitment, another grab for um, Coach Fisher and kind of stealing stealing a player, if you will. Um, he's just another really outstanding defensive player in this signing class. Um, obviously, we also have Anai White, who is a four-star edge. So he is actually the only edge in the class of 2022 um, for the Aggies. And he is a four-star from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I always, this has nothing to do with him, but like I always love it when I see like, players from the north coming to play in the south just because I grew up in the south so like and you know every time I've traveled to the north I'm just like oh my god like it just must be like so different playing in like cold temperatures and like playing in Texas so I always love to see when we have recruits coming from places like Philadelphia um to college station so white is the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania and his signing the Aggies into that number one um, spot. So he was kind of a really pivotal player in terms of helping AM's overall recruiting ranking. Um, and then we did actually have a three star recruit who was Jaden Scarlett. He is a defensive lineman. He um, comes from Argyle School and he is the number, he is number 55, the defensive lineman in the nation. Um, obviously, at the cornerback position, we have Bobby Taylor, who is a, fo- a four star. Um, he is kind of a self-proclaimed um, player, if you will. He is a four-star cornerback out of Katy High School. He has been out on an injury all season, but that did not stop him from, you know, convincing recruits to kind of get him to come on. So if you're looking for a guy to really kind of thank uh, for AM's historic class, this is your guy. Um, you know, Coach Fisher kind of said, you have to have guys in your class to be cow to be bell cows. Vaughn Taylor was a huge part of our class. So interesting. We got um, a Coach Fisher quote on that one. Um, and then at the safety position, we kind of had AM had three players in that position. We have four star Bryce Anderson, four star Jared Kerr, and four star Dion Smoke. So he likes to be called Smoke. So I love that for him um, when it comes to Smoke. Um, He is a four-star safety out of Georgia. Um, He was deciding between Georgia and A&M. So again, another player that A&M kind of stole from their home state, and he's now coming to play in Texas. Um, As of Wednesday, December 15th, he was the final addition to the defensive class. However, you know, obviously not the case um, anymore. Um, we did have one special team signee, and that was place kicker um, Ethan. He is a three-star. His last name is – I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but it starts with an M. So Ethan M., he was a place kicker. Hopefully, um, you know, obviously with Seth Small um, exiting the Aggies, who has just been a legendary place kicker for the Maroon and White. He's really been someone who Coach Fisher can really depend on, and he's also just a really – upstanding player he's a really good role model um for football players 
all across the nation, you know, very religious guy. He's already married. Um, his wife was actually in um, the Greek life community and I'm in Greek life at a So I do know a little bit about her. Um, she's just a really, really sweet girl. Um, but anyway, obviously, yeah. So um, A&M is going to be kind of losing that leadership position in Sesmall. So I think it's really good that um, Coach Fisher made it a priority to get a signee who is a place kicker. So um, yeah, again, the only special teams player signed in this A&M recruiting class is three-star kicker. Ethan, um, he's the number four kicker in the nation. So that's um, pretty interesting. Obviously, there are still some other recruiting players that to keep your eyes on. Obviously, Denver Harris, who is a four-star defensive back. He has announced that he will be committing after the 6A state football state final. Um, Shamar Stewart, four-star defensive lineman. Right now, he's in between a&M in Texas, so you really can't get much more of a recruiting rivalry than that than A&M in Texas. He has announced that he will be committing on National Signing Day on February 2nd. And then um, we also have five-star linebacker Harold Perkins and five-star offensive lineman um, Goodwin, who have yet to announce what's going on. But yeah, obviously just you know, you, as you can tell from everything, I just went on like an, a complete tangent. So, so sorry about that. But obviously you can see that is why A&M has the number one recruiting class um, in the nation, which um, just a really historic um, get for the Aggies really shows why coach Fisher is getting paid the big bucks. So especially by um, um, what's it? the athletic um, director, Ross Bjork. So Obviously, really good hire for the Aggies there and getting this um, recruiting class up to speed. Um, as previously mentioned, we did have some players leave for the NFL draft. Um, I mentioned some of them. I'm just going to go ahead and list all of them for you guys right here. There was running back Isaiah Spiller, tight end Jalen Weidermeyer, defensive end Marvin Leal, defensive tackle Jaden Peavy, and defensive back Leon O'Neal. Now, I do want to kind of piggyback back to DeMarvin Leal because um, he's kind of been in some headlines recently because he did get recently um, arrested for, I believe, less than two ounces of marijuana possession. But I think the charges are, the case is closed. So, you know, whether that arrest um, depletes a little bit of his draft stock is to be determined. And um, But DeMarvin Leal was just a huge beast for the Aggies on the field. He um, And he was in press conference it says multiple times I really liked um, his vocabulary and his way of speaking. You can really tell that he was a really good leader for the Aggies. Now, fun fact about defensive tackle Jaden Peavy is I actually went to high school with him. He is from Bel Air, which is where I'm from. He graduated from Bel Air Senior High School. So um, I kind of know a little bit more about Jaden Peavy than most players. And that's just because I kind of grew up with him. Um, you know, he was kind of always like a class clown in class which is so funny because you know he's obviously this huge like defensive tackle and you really wouldn't think that um someone like that would be as much of a class clown as he was but um he was also just huge for the cardinals which was my high school's mascot not only on the football field but also on the basketball court um you know originally he was kind of deciding which path he was going to go in college you know was he going to go basketball or was he going to go football but obviously seemed to work out in favor since now he's declared for the um, NFL draft so really good for him and especially really good to have a success story like that um, 
in our hometown. And I remember I actually wrote an article on him for the battalion once. And it was really cool. Like I got to call up like the old Bel Air football coach. And I was like, Hey, like, I don't know if you remember me, but like, I went to Bel Air too. Like, you know, um, I don't think he had a clue who I was, but that's okay. Bel Air is a big school, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much all of the notes I have for you today, Bennett. But um, let me know if there's anything you wanted me to go um, more in depth on. But again, just a huge class for AM. I definitely think, um, you know, with them not being in the bowl game and kind of losing their defensive coordinator, they are going to have some big adjustments to be made. But I think this recruiting class, especially, um, you know, with the early enrollee and Connor Wigman, I think they're definitely going to be kind of rebuilding. And I think they're definitely going to be able to um, show the world what um, what the maroon and white can do next year. For sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I did just kind of some notes uh, from me on on the offensive and defensive signees that, that A&M had. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher knows it uh, just as well as anybody as we kind of in the quarterback room. Obviously, everybody – there's a lot of people out there, obviously, that wonder – why we're why their program is is bringing in three uh, quarterbacks? Uh, obviously, Haynes King is still in the room, and you bring in Max Johnson and and Connor Wigman. But it's all about quarterback depth and competition, especially in the SEC. And Jimbo Fisher mm-hmm. knows that uh, just as well as as anybody. And and obviously have a huge South Carolina audience on the show, so they're all going to know that South Carolina played three quarterbacks uh, this year. So Jimbo Fisher's quoted about having three quarterbacks. You never know uh, when their time is going to come. So building that depth, building that competition in that quarterback room is is key to to any SEC roster. And and on the offensive side, to me, there was a quote from, from Jimbo Fisher when he was doing a live hit on uh, CBS Sports HQ with, with Josh Payton, the crew over there uh, on – December 15th on that Wednesday, he was they're asking him about if there was things that he wanted to do offensively that he hasn't been able to do uh, since he's been at AM. And and I really do think that that there are some things like Evan Stewart, the the route runner that he is, being able to take the top off the defense. That's something the Texas AM hadn't really had uh, with the mm-hmm. the injuries uh, in the wide receiver room and and Chris Marshall, they haven't been haven't really had uh, any receivers like him, and obviously the three tight ends that they signed: Jake Johnson and and, and Theodore Olson and and Donovan Green. Donovan Green, obviously a huge leader in the class as well with Bobby Taylor. But the off, just kind of the offensive notes for me was there's so many weapons in this class that Coach Fisher is definitely going to have the ability to do some things offensively that he hasn't been able to do yet at A and M that can really benefit them. Uh, going forward uh, next year and and building that quarterback depth and competition in the quarterback room as well. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of building off of what you just said, what's so interesting about a having just such a huge recruiting class like this, you know, you straight up mentioned that a lot of these guys are going to be weapons and they actually are. But what's going to be really interesting to see is how they play out with the weapons that A&M already has, you know, in the wide receiver room, there's Chase Lane, there's Demon Demas, you know, um, in the running back room already, there's Devon A chain. So you really already have established offensive weapons for the Aggies. So to kind of see how just this number one recruiting class class is going to come in and kind of um, just shake things up is going to be really, really interesting to see and 
But I think what's good about having AM having, you know, these already established weapons of these players that I just mentioned is I think it's really going to be able to, they're really going to be able to take these signees under their wing and kind of really show them the ropes and really get them adjusted. So I think that's really where the danger in this class lies. And obviously this class is a huge threat on its own, but when you pair that with the fact that AM already has so many good players, I think that's what's really going to set them apart is how these players are kind of going to merge together and how um, it's going to make them an even bigger threat. Yeah, definitely. And and another you know thing that I, that I really noticed is how much more improved that, that A&M is going to be on both lines of scrimmage. Obviously, they've signed some great offensive linemen and, and Dewberry and Herb and Nabo and go down the list, P.J. Williams. You talked about the defensive line of Walter Nolan and, and Brownlow Dandy and I White. The, Sala, there's so many guys uh, on the on the lines of scrimmage that A and M signed that'll re- and obviously the SEC is a line of scrimmage league and everybody knows that and Texas A and M really uh, upgraded uh, is, and there was a lot of there was a lot of discontinuity on the offensive line this year. Obviously, King Green's going to be going mm-hmm. uh, to the NFL. So, to me, really both lines of scrimmage was really a win. Uh, for Texas A&M and a huge improvement uh, in this class as well for me. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most iconic parts of, you know, A&M within the most recent years was that the Maroon Goons, who was really just that super established offensive line, that super really great offensive line. You know, obviously this past year wasn't up to standard for the Aggies when it comes to the offensive line. So I think them really adding these key players in that offensive line is really going to kind of put them back up and hopefully we'll see a return, you know, in the Maroon Goons. And I think why last season was kind of so hard on the Aggies offensive line wise was just because Kenyon Green was kind of like the only returning guy from the Maroon Goons. And obviously, you know, with him going to the draft, that's um, really going to shake things up. So definitely really glad again, that coach Fisher made it a priority to, you know, get these offensive linemen, let's get them in there. Let's get them ready and let's get um, the offensive line back up to where, um, it needs to be for AM standards. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I think I tweeted this out whenever uh, Smoke Bowie uh, committed to Texas A&M, but obviously Smoke Monday for Auburn is is going on uh, to the NFL, so he's really just going to be passing the SEC West Smoke torch along to, to Smoke Bowie. I think I think I tweeted that out whenever uh, he committed, but just something something funny to, uh, to think about uh, next year whenever you're watching a Texas A&M play if Smoke Bowie's on the field. Oh yes, absolutely. I love that you just pointed that out. <laughs> well, really, on the you know Texas A&M really has the ability to to be able to do a lot of things on next year. But I think a lot of it has to do with the, you know, really the culmination of this class really had to do with, with Bobby Taylor and, and Donovan Green really taking the, mm-hmm. taking the load. I th- was listening to Bobby Taylor was on a, a Twitter spaces uh, one night uh, with, with Billy Lucci and those guys from Texas just talking about mm-hmm. uh, his leadership role uh, in the in the recruiting process and being able to get so many of these guys uh, to commit to Texas A&M, really that that's really one of the unsung things that you really don't hear a lot of a lot of people really talk about is the the guys that commit early to schools, really helping to secure the commitments of a lot of other top players. And that, 
it's really it's, that's that's something that goes a long, a really long way, but it's something that you don't really hear a lot of people talk about. But I think it really bears importance to really discuss about the the significance of what really having those leaders in a class uh, can do for you. And the Aggies certainly had that this year. Um, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you, Bennett. Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, um, I'm graduating in May, so I kind of won't be able to kind of be, um, as involved in the action as I have been in the past few years, but definitely as I go on to grad school and as I go into the rest of the career, I cannot wait to just keep up with the Aggies and, you know, hopefully coach Fisher is able to continue this kind of new tradition of getting, um, such really, really good recruiting classes. I mean, because when, you know, this was announced, like this was just huge news for College Station everywhere. And, you know, you mentioned um, Billy Lucci with Texags. You know, I used to have a Texags internship as well. And I know Billy Lucci very well. But for those of you guys listening who really want to keep up with recruiting really in depth um, in the A&M community, you know, obviously Bennett is a great go-to guy for that. But um, also with Texags, again, they're just I would say that um, Texags has the most up-to-date recruiting involved at A&M. Billy Lucci is by far like the number one trusted source when it comes to like insider A&M football um, knowledge. So for those of you guys listening who really want to keep up more with the Aggies and especially with this number one recruiting class, I, I would definitely turn to Billy Lucci and the Texags to keep up with that tech, with that um, A&M recruiting. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Texags is certainly something that that I love to to use and and really love to. To get those guys on here really soon. I mean, some of them have followed the show already, so really definitely appreciate that, and definitely hoping to to get a lot of those guys on in the future. But, but Gene, I know you had speaking of, of your careers before before I let you go. I know you had their your big uh, front page uh, sports article about the super seniors that really uh, made the made an impact around uh, the community for Texas A and M, and just and just. Tell everybody where they can, as we, we let you go here, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on social media and tell everybody where uh, they can find uh, that article that you wrote and and really where uh, they can keep up, you know, with you going forward. And I just really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for mentioning that. As Actually, as we were just going over this recruiting thing, that article that I just had published completely just slipped my mind just because I've been so excited to be on Crunch Time Plays with you. But yeah, um, for my final senior project, since I am graduating soon, I spent all semester working on a long form, which for those of you who don't know what it is, it's an article that's well over 2,000 words. And I actually chose to do it on super seniors who chose to come back and utilize their extra year of eligibility at Texas A&M, which for those of you who don't know, Traditions is really big at A&M. And when so many super seniors kind of utilized that rule that the NCAA put out to kind of come back, that really um, meant a lot to a lot of Aggies everywhere. So I chose to do my senior long form over that. And um, I reached out to the college station, Brian um, official city newspaper, which is the Eagle. And um, the Eagle was actually really happy to just get that out there for me and publish it. It ended up being the front page story of the sports section in a recent print edition. Um, You can find that online but the best way to keep up with me as is the case with most journalists now is on twitter so at jenny's figure three is my at um if you want to check out some of my published work i've been i've been published with the victoria advocate obviously the battalion um Texags, the eagle um i think i had an article once in um the university of houston newspaper but um 
yeah, now that I'm not with the battalion anymore, I'm really looking forward to kind of do having hopefully another appearance here on Crunch Time Plays, but just kind of to do more stuff um, like this that's kind of really hands-on involved with other sports journalists and things like that. I do have an upcoming internship um, with United Way, which is a nonprofit where I'm going to be helping out with their newsletters and stuff. So not sports related, but um, obviously I'm excited to keep up with A&M Sports in the future. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Bennett. I've had an absolutely amazing time. Um, and you know, what's funny is when Bennett and I were like texting about being on the show, we were just texting about like so much other random stuff like the Spider-Man movie. So I definitely think, um, you know, us kind of developing a friendship really helped with our chemistry um, on air and, you know, on screen. So again, just really excited to have made a new friend in the sports journalism community and really excited to have been on your show. So thank you so much for having me, Bennett. No doubt. And definitely, definitely uh, you're welcome to come back uh, anytime and hope off. I know I'm sure I'll be speaking to you again before or off air before uh, the new year, but uh, just publicly, I hope you have a very happy uh, New Year's Eve and happy new year. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you, Bennett. No doubt. Thanks so much to Jenny for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Crunch Time Plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Plays Crunch on Twitter and Instagram.